Hi, welcome to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies talk about international food in the Irish community. Our episodes come in three delectable flavors, deep dives, which are comprehensive explorations into a country's cuisines, staple chats, where we dish about a topic among ourselves, and conversations with individuals who have been impactful on the international Irish scene. Pick a flavor, and we hope you like more than one. Hi, in this episode, May and I are going to talk all things Malaysian with Chef Sham Hanifa and with Dr. Vic Subramanian. Hi, May. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Mm. What have you been up to before we dive into this very exciting episode? Many Thanksgivings. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think I saw you at one of them. Yeah, we had the book, lo- the book uh, Blaster Books Thanksgiving Party and... All the gang were there, Kwanji, um, Kristen. It was a lot of fun. Everybody bought food from their cookbooks. Anything else, May? Any cookbooks? Anything you've been reading, watching on Netflix? Not really, although you were telling me about a Netflix show. Oh, I'm watching Mind Your Manners, and it reminds us. Uh, it reminds me of a common friend we have, Yvonne. It's a Chinese-Australian woman teaching Chinese people and American people how to eat, how to dress how to put their makeup on. And she's a Harvard graduate. She's a Harvard graduate. She's gorgeous. I have to say, it's I don't like reality TV, but it is very entertaining. Highly recommended. And then um, other stuff uh, that I've been doing is I've been doing more Irish exploration. So I went to see Mankan Magan, the, his uh, Aram Anim. It's the bread, uh, making sourdough and uh, traveling through through the Irish language. So very interesting. Oh, interesting. And then I'm reading a book about uh, the history of Ireland in 100 words. So, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to connect with my daughters and my husband's uh, heritage. I was going to say that um, something uh, that's Irish that I can't wait to see is the Martin McDonough oh, yeah. film, Banshees of Inishir. So that's yeah. my Irish thing. It's not yeah. sourdough. It's probably going to be <laughs> a little bit bloody. <laughs> anyway, so welcome, Vic and Sham. Can you introduce Sham for our guest, uh, for our listeners? Sham. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sham is the owner chef of the Cottage Restaurant, award-winning in Leitrim. Um, He's just started another venture called the Kitchen, which I no my kitchen, my kitchen, which I don't know that much about. Um, And um, and then you also have something called the. Buffalo, Buffalo boy. boys, yes, yes. and uh, and we were, you know, we were like going through it, and it's sort of a steakhouse, but with Malaysian flavors. We're yes. like, oh my gosh, there's coconut milk in these mussels. <laughs> um, and if it's okay for me to say, like my first memory of meeting Sham was probably about eight years ago yeah. at Electric Picnic, yeah. and so. Um, I had just had this thing of like fermented tofu. If you are not Chinese, you do not like fermented tofu. It is the Chinese Roquefort of the world. And Sham is just going to town on the fermented tofu with chopsticks. And Sham, you don't look that Chinese? And he was just like, Chinese grandmother, Chinese grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) My first memory of you. But brilliant chef also, (laughs) and a wonderful person. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Um, And then we have Vic. Hello. And Vic, could you tell your whole name for listeners? Oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. It's Vic Neshwaran Siva Subramaniam. Okay, that's almost as long as my Spanish uh, (laughs) name. So Vic's a doctor, and he's worked for the Ministry of Health in Malaysia. He has worked in medical tourism, and he's done a master's in surgical science Mm -hmm. at the Royal College of Surgeons, and he's also uh, a scholar working in, in the Department of Surgical Affairs. So... And you're wondering why is he here, but he's here because he is such a fun person. We met him at Taste of Malaysia when Sham was doing a demo and his father works in the Spice Strait. So we started talking and we said, wouldn't it be fun to do an episode talking about Malaysia? But also we feel that a lot of people who are not in the food industry are so knowledgeable and passionate and have a different insight maybe than us because we're maybe more obsessed or we, we see things differently. So anyway, thanks for coming, Vic. And thanks for having me. Okay. So first of all, we're going to do an exam uh, about the history of Malaysia. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> May wanted to quiz you. But let's talk a little bit for people who don't know a lot about Malaysia. The history of Malaysian food, it's so multicultural. Tell us a little bit. Um, multicultural food because of the migration. So Malaysia, especially in Penang, is a, is a 
how can I say it? It's the traffic going through. They bring the spice from India, from Portugal, going through Penang, Malacca Strait, and going to Australia and New Zealand and all them. But we exposed with all this beautiful spice and through migration, Penang, if I'm not being biased, I said the best capital of street food in Asia or even in the world. You know, a lot of chefs been to Penang and say because of the multicultural Indian, Chinese, Malay, Thai and all them. So we exposed with so many different types of spices, of flavor, and you could get up in the morning, could have a noodle broth, you know, like we call it a koitiao soup, to mm-hmm. having a roti at uh, 12 o'clock, to having a, a Thai green curry, you know, or to any kind of food. A lot multicultural family, if you see, like my family background, if you see a, a Chinese, they could they could be Malay. If you see somebody look like Indian, they could be Chinese. So just a multicultural, yeah. not only from food type, but from every, every aspect of it, you know? It sounds so interesting. I've been to Malaysia once and I found it fascinating. The food was amazing. Um, I mean, also geographically, you have the peninsula, you have the peninsula and then you have the mainland. Yeah. 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 Um, does that affect? Does that affect sort of, you know, the food? Like, do you have regionality, for yeah. instance? Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because like, just just every, every surrounding area, all the spices every day you can get, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's it's such an interesting country. Yeah. So I was reading 10% of the country is Indian. Uh, and you were saying, Vic, your family came from India. What part of India did they That's come right. from? That's uh, right. So we're from South India. And my parents moved there in the... 70s or 80s I can't remember exactly but yeah so they were doing spice business in India itself so then they moved into Malaysia and then they went into spice business there yeah so uh, so we do a lot of curry powders and spice flavors so Malaysia is a unique country in the sense that uh, it shares it's multicultural so we have the Malays Chinese and Indians so mm-hmm. Malays form the biggest community there and it's all about Chinese and the Indians, as you said, around 10 to 15 percent. But we also have other communities that highs, Vietnamese, mm. Indonesian, everyone is there. It's a huge melting pot and everyone brings in a different flavor. And that's all joined together. And that's that the fusion is just amazing there. You get so much differences and everyone has something unique to offer. And and yeah, as Sham was saying earlier, you can get food, you can get food anytime, good food at any time of the day. That's that's one of the beauty of Malaysia. That's something I really miss when I came in here. It's like after eight o'clock, I can't get any food. <laughs> like, kebab is nice, but it's the same thing. I'm gonna just divert a little bit. What is the most important meal of the day? All the meal day. is important meal. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would be a typical breakfast in Malaysia for you? Because obviously, it would be different. Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Uh, it really depends on what I feel like eating because there's just so much food and we're just spoiled for choices there. Uh, usually, I don't get to eat much in the morning because I have to go to work at 7 o'clock. We have to start theater early. But if I do get a chance, I want to eat nasi lemak. That's like my, my favorite food. Can you like, describe it? Oh, yes, of course. So nasi lemak is the epitome of Malaysian food for me. So, so we start off with the main bulk, which is the rice. It's cooked in coconut milk. And this, I would say, comes from the Indian tradition. So Indians use coconut milk. In Malay, it's called santan. So rice is cooked in coconut milk. All right. So that forms the biggest bulk. And then we have side dishes to it. So sambal. Sambal is mm. a Malaysian gravy. So it's cooked with a lot of onion. And you can make it plain. You can put in anchovies. You can put in whatever meat you want. It's amazingly delicious. And every family has their own secret recipe for sambal. Not two sambal would be the same. Trust me on this. <laughs> My sambal and Sham sambal would be different <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, it, 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 that, that's so unique about sambal. So so we have the sambal and then we top it off with some fried anchovies and some peanuts for some crunch. And then we have some cucumber. I'm not a big fan of cucumber, I have to be honest. But we need some vegetable there, you know, to make it a balanced mm. meal. So we have some cucumbers and a boiled egg. Uh, it, it's the best. And you get this huge sleep bomb right after eating it, but you have to be at work, you can't. <laughs> the good thing is that there's so much variety of nasi lemak. And we have this thing called one ringgit packet nasi lemak. So it's like a tiny version. One ringgit is like 30 cents. So you get like a tiny version. It's it's really cute. It's wrapped into a pyramid and you can get it from random hawker stalls, roadside stalls, and then you have that with coffee. And that's just... It's the best. It's it's the bomb. It's divine. It's bliss. All the words you want to say, 
Go for it. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, Sham, what would you have? You see, uh, it's, it's tricky for me because I grew up in an environment that my grandmother and my grandfather is Thai. My grandmother is Thai Chinese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I grew up in Malaysian environment. My father is Indian. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's Indian mama. So Vic will know that it's it's an Indian Muslim. You know, my my great grandfather traveled from India. So can you imagine wake up in the morning? My grandmother and grandfather staying with us until I was eight or nine years old. So you get up in the morning. Some morning you can get a nice noodle broth. Okay, it's like a koitiao soup. You have a cook in a lovely chicken or pork broth. And it's kind of hot. You wake up in the morning, kind of like, oh, I need comfort food before I go to school. You have noodles slurping away and oh, wow. tasty. Sometimes you have <laughs> fish cakes and, you know, all this and tofu and everything. Beautiful. The next morning you could get up just going to a Thai-style fried rice because of leftover rice from the day before. And then my dad would come home in the evening with a takeaway, kind of beautiful curry and nice biryani and everything. So we, for me, food is, uh, any kind of good food is, is is essential for me. But every household in Malaysia wake up to nasi lemak. Mm-hmm. Okay? And every household that can have a mixed family background will wake up to like a, a koitiao soup. Or, or wonton soup, you know, it's kind of kind of soy noodle, wonton broth, and everything. I'll be the type of I wake up in the morning with a noodle broth, mm-hmm. and then I go up, kind of lunchtime. I have a little bit of a nice curry and roti, and then half way, way through it around four o'clock, I might go for something kind of light, like a Thai kind of salad, a mango or something. Oh, and then, yeah, you know. <laughs> It's just the balance going every day and uh, every mouthful that I eat now even until today if I have breakfast something like that I bring back memories to my mm. Chinese family we gathered together like especially Chinese to you and then even four o'clock sometimes I do the, like a sometime and sometimes oh granny used to do this with a bit of a nice fish it kind of salted fish or salted duck egg you know it, it just that's something about me. And now I, I added in a little bit of Irish influence because of my kids. They that, you know, all this flavor. But they, they, I encourage them to taste this flavor, what I'm I bringing as well. So that's what I'm exp- exposed to, you know. So lots of flavor. I am so jealous. <laughs> I want to I want to have a family like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have that. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of boring breakfast. Spanish people have really boring breakfast. We're, that's not our forte. It's lunch. But uh, yeah, it sounds like my fantasy family, like really really nice. Um, I wanted to just explain to our listeners how did you Sham end up in Ireland? Because you know you grew up in Malaysia, and you came here. You've been here a long long time. You're one of these. Um, Sham, like May and I, is married to an Irish person, yeah. so he's a spice bag. It's, technically. I was just going to say, it's the Irish alert, <laughs> and he's a spice bag. Spice <laughs> so, how did you end up in Ireland, coming yeah. from Malaysia? I'm always a troublemaker, you know, <laughs> <laughs> since I was kids. You know, I, since I was 12 years old, I always love food. Since 12 years old, I always go to school in the morning, in the evening, I finish school, and I go work part time in Chinese restaurant or any kind of street food restaurant, and I'm always the type of person I like to travel to be independent and you know. So I moved from my Taiping, my hometown Taiping, to the city uh, in Kuala Lumpur at the age of 15. I just go to school by yourself. By myself, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I just said to my mom, I said like, I want to move to the city. My 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 cousins up in the, uh, in the Kuala Lumpur. I go to school, sign a letter, pretend that I'm it's my dad's signature, sign it. Transfer to Kuala Lumpur and sign a form, get myself into a school in Bangsa, which is kind of a nice area near Brickfield, where the spices there as well. I, I get myself into that uh, school and eventually I kind of like, right, what am I going to do next? And I start to work in the cafe because of my FMB background, working mm-hmm. in the kitchen. So I work around that area. I work in a place in called uh, Karavali, kind of Mediterranean food. Learn your trade into it as well, you know, as well know the basic Malaysian, Thai, Chinese cooking. I always like to travel. I want to go to New Zealand. A lot of Malaysians go to New Zealand. A lot of Malaysians mm. go to Australia because it's so huh. close. Okay. And I, I like to travel Europe. I say, I want to go away. I want to go away. I want to go away. Eventually, there's an opportunity to come up in 
Celtic Tiger in Ireland, 1998. And how old were you? I was only 19 that time. Yeah, and 19. you started oh, cooking when you were 12. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was in the kitchen forging your father's signature. Yeah, thing, like yes, of <laughs> yeah. course, he's yeah. fine to work. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like you know, is your dad know that you changed uh, transfer school to care? Yes, absolutely. That's his, his, his signature. <laughs> so at the age of nineteen twenty, I see opportunity. A lot of Malaysian travel, you know, to mm-hmm. Europe, to Ireland, especially in Ireland. It's just Celtic Tiger. Everybody just migrating to Dublin and Cork and Shannon everywhere, and just try and try try it out. Just kind of you know what? I apply for it and see and. And then I'm changing from one job to another job. And I say, so, you know, I take two weeks holidays. I go to Panko Island on holiday. And then I come up from the, the island. There's no coverage. And I said, a lot of voicemail here. And then the agency ring me. Sham, uh, you'll be flying in a week to Dublin. <laughs> uh, Sham have no money in the pocket. Sham have no passport. <laughs> you know, so nothing. So like it is this story because I, I would like to share this because I'm not coming from a rich family background. I have money, so I say to my mother, I said like, um, I need money to get passport. It's three hundred ringgits and everything. So she have a kind of diamond ring. Mm-hmm. She she bring it down to the pawn shop mm-hmm. just oh. to get a bit of money to get me uh, to get a passport. Yeah, it's so that she, expensive. It, it is, yeah. 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 It, it, you see, we, 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 like, from what we grew up, it's like what you cook in the day, what you cook in the evening, mm-hmm. that's what your meal is, you know. So yeah. that's, and she's, are you seriously want to go? I said, yeah, I, I want to go. So I said, like, I need money to go, you know. And I did work as well. But you see, 300 ringgit might be for, for passport, then your pocket money, you yeah, start yeah, buying yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. So she get, she go to the pawn shop and she get money for the passport and borrow money for my auntie, my uncle, and all of them. So they all sent me to the airport and travel. I came to Carrick on Shannon. Mm-hmm. In year 2000, July 2000, mm-hmm. I got a, I did an interview with Kieran Kelly that time. So I got opportunity to travel to straight to Carrigan Shannon. Arrive in Dublin Airport, don't know anybody. The guy, taxi driver with a with a <laughs> sign say Shamsuri bin Muhammad Hanifa. So wait there for me. I said that's me. Yeah, yeah. I, you remember 22 years ago? There's no like new motorways and everything. So I get in the taxi, three and a half hours from me from Dublin to Carrick. Every half an hour a week, wake up with Jack Lag. Uh, are we there yet? You know, and just famous question, are we there yet? So I get to Carrick. And since then, 22 years later, love every bit mm-hmm. about the people in Carrick, about Carrick, about everything. You know, I've, they've been so supportive. And, yeah. You know, and, and then now, three business later and wife and two kids. I'm still in Ireland. So, <laughs> so how did you meet your wife? Did you meet her through work, through cooking? Yeah, or? yeah, through through work. I mean, she could say that I would be after her, you know, all the time because she always come in. She's a teacher in in Mohol, oh, okay. in, in Mohol, and she come into Karagunshan uh, to the place I work in the Osman, and I always coming down from work and the, the teachers always sit down have a drinks and you know something to eat and I say hi how are you how are you and eventually hi you going out tonight yeah yeah <laughs> will I see you in nightclub tonight and she yeah she always telling the kids yeah your dad always after me and even though after work I always come in and say hello and everything so that's how I met her and we get to know each other really well and yeah and all all going good so far and two kids he'll be 18 in 14 of December you have an 18 year old I'm sorry because Sham has a Baby face. <laughs> I don't know with a beard. Sorry, so you have an 18 year old and 14 year old. And 14 year old. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're, um, how would you say, I call my daughter Spirish, like Spanish Irish. Would you call him Myrish? Like yeah, Myrish. Yeah, <laughs> Myrish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you see, the thing about it, so when they grew up, you know, and they was like, ah, oh, sausage and chips and spaghetti and, you know, it's fine. And now they're so fussy. They go into places that's like, mm, that's not Malaysian food. Mm, that's not granny's Thai food. And that's not your aunt's Chinese food. So fussy. But I say to them, you don't have to be chef. Learn how to cook. Yeah. Understand the flavor. Get the palate going. And they, like, and some days they just come back to shepherd's pie. Yeah. yeah. You know, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so if, interesting. Do you mind if I ask both of you, and I don't know who wants to go first, but... Who are the best cooks in your life? My mom. My mom. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Can you give us some specific dishes that they do? Yeah. I Vic, you want to go first or yeah? Okay. Let's see. Uh, so actually, my mom teaches cooking in Malaysia as well. Oh wow! Oh. So that's that's. Uh, Does she that's, have a cooking school? Uh, she teaches in a cooking school, oh, but that's that's standards really high, 
and food has to be really good uh, coming from a food background so food is important and every meal has to be done good and yeah my mom taught me how to cook when i was 10 i guess mm-hmm. so yeah the first thing that she taught me was how to make chicken so chicken with just chili and curry powder but but again learning that was that's how i got into cooking as well now i can cook pretty well but let's see my mom makes really good cheesecakes and desserts like that was another thing that i i kind of missed when i came in here the food is all great and stuff but mom puts in that extra touch that you don't really get so yeah so how, so your family so they have a spice business and your mom is also uh, yeah. food yeah and my my brother my elder brother also does indian snacks so we call it muruku and stuff oh, so wow. we have like a small factory that he produces those stuff so everyone is pretty much into the food business uh, yeah I, i was the odd one out yeah. <laughs> i so, didn't want to so do that yeah you ended up like no i'm going to do something totally different <laughs> oh yeah but family <laughs> wanted me to go into business study maths and do business and stuff but yeah in high school i was volunteering with children's with cancer so i was taking care of them and i kind of got interested and i was like i want to do more and that's how i got into medicine which and is a form of also caring of, of exactly yeah, yeah so like I, i told my dad i can always study medicine and do business but i can't study med- business and treat people <laughs> so in that sense it kind of works out so if i want to yeah, do yeah. business and stuff so yeah But no pressure here if we had to mm-hmm. cook for these two. Imagine oh, I'd love to. you'd have to go to. like all your spices oh, would be yeah. <laughs> so Sham tell us about your mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason I say my mom is she always tell me this is how your granny do it. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah in, because I have to say my mother is basically she always tell me that, uh, that's how your granny do it. My grandmother is actually is the flavor of Asia basically. So she she have a hawker style. Mm. Yes, hawker style in 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 Taiping, and she do so many type of different food. Okay, one thing that come to really stick in my memory until now from my grandmother's food and my mother's still cooking the same. I try to replicate it, it's still not the same. It's a Thai style dry green curry. Green dry. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, yeah, it's 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 a Thai green curry. Usually you get this like. coconut milk and rich and this is basically she used the green chili which is grown in the back of the house lemongrass ginger and garlic all at the back of the house she take it up back and pestle mortar make it all into a paste nice and a bit of blachan which is we call it a malaysian cheese or shrimp paste you know <laughs> <laughs> so mix it in all together and she fry it up my father is a butcher so it does nice lovely beef she marinate it all together and she slow fry them in a wok And oh, wow. all the spice flavor up and a bit of stanis and cardamom a bit of a less combination flavor cook it until the meat is tender she put really really small tiny drop of coconut milk just to give a bit of mm. sauce into it and go back to the back of the house pull a couple of sprig of lime leaf finely chop them throw into it and fry it up and salt and sugar that's it you know and that's 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 that one thing really yeah good. yeah that's what bring memories So, okay guys. Um I just want to take a moment uh to talk about another head stuff podcast, Agony Rants. Um so Eurovision Neve Cavanagh and comedian girl Fairly have been friends for a long time and this new show, they're working on their circle of friends to offer support. So they're the modern Agony Ants. Um this is particularly great for us because we love Gerald Farrelly who used to be part of Head Stuff and also want to say that his show Glamour Hammer is touring around Ireland now. Oh. Check him out. Okay, so moving along, um we wanted to ask you questions about your, you know, your childhood but also if you had to capture, you know, this childhood what meal would you serve us or what would you serve people who don't know a lot about Malaysia like you had to invite people and you have to give them like a glimpse of you know not only Malaysia but also of you growing up so what would be a meal like maybe sham you can tell us you know starter main i know you don't eat like that but just <laughs> what would you give us to give us a glimpse into Malaysia and your growing up okay yeah so because of my multicultural background okay so i started off it's really really simple kind of how going to say it's like a mango chicken it's it's a salad it's a thai salad mm-hmm. salad it's a shredded kind of slow poached chicken 
Mm-hmm. And and they have a, like a sometime so it's like the mango uh, vegetables and fish sauce and sugar and to mix into one, a really really vibrant light starter. That's that's what we have. I love that. And of course, it's the classic. Some people say it's Indonesian. Some people say it's Malaysian. Mm-hmm. It's the beef rendang. The reason I say that is this celebration, Mubarak, my sister's wedding, any family occasion, you have to have rendang. Mm-hmm. You have to have rendang. Now, one thing that I don't know that uh, people are familiar with, they're familiar with uh, coconut rice, and they're familiar with uh, what called it, like, like uh, pilau rice and mm-hmm. all that. Pulut. Oh, yeah. Pulut is basically, it's like a sticky Glutinous rice. Glutinous rice. Yeah. You know, it's a yellow color. Every occasion, like especially wedding, they will have them. The reason that rice goes well with rendang is because every mouthful of rendang, the sauce will stick into the sticking the, the glutinous mm. rice. Can you describe rendang for us? Please? Oh my! <laughs> so god. for people who haven't had it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love rendang. Oh <laughs> my god! I tell you, talking about uh, uh, happy in your mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yes. yeah! You rendang. know, just it, it's it's a basically it's a slow braise beef or, or lamb you know mainly beef cooked in uh, galangal it's basically how you make them is you have a galangal ginger lemongrass garlic chili and and uh, of course shallot paste them up marinate the beef into it cook really really slowly with cardamom that's common the reason i say that is that for me that ingredient that is thai mm-hmm. okay and then we fry it up with spice we add in the uh, a bit of I uh, tradition I do I do curry powder mm-hmm. the barber's curry powder by the way Rick. <laughs> yeah and cardamom cinnamon stick and cloves we fry into it until nice flavor coming up and then you slow cook them and you add coconut milk mm-hmm. and then the best part is you season after you season the best part is it called karisik mm-hmm. now karisik here for me to explain to people is the simpler way is I, I use desiccated coconut toss them in, mm. in a wok mm. and in the oven it's not the same traditional way that we have it. it's basically it's how can I explain it Vicky it's shredded coconut which is just uh, fried toasted yeah. until it exudes oil yes ah, coconut oil starts okay. coming out as opposed and, to desiccated oh, wow. that's right yeah. so, so mm. it's delicious and it's creamy and crunchy and it's oily so that that just oozes and just yeah. boosts the flavor so much and oh yeah just thinking of it makes my yeah, yeah. so we have we serve <laughs> them in my kitchen at the moment and every time people coming in there, it, and nothing as well like we said earlier if you in Penang you could get different type of rendang mm. if you in KL you get different type of rendang and I'm coming from Ip, uh, Taiping which is we call a rendang to it's mm. the, the beef itself the use is kind of chunky meat it's so dark with soy sauce and it's it's, it's fall off and the meat it just you know just every mouthful is just beautiful I mean that's my favorite and the dessert for me is basically traditional is basically is uh, the Thai kind of pudding rice pudding it's just oh, really okay. with a mango oh, yeah, yeah 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 it's just <laughs> just fruit spice light spice and then fruit again what about you Vic? now I don't eat beef but I would say chicken rendang is the best way to eat chicken trust me once once you have chicken rendang roasted oh, chicken wow. nothing else KFC doesn't stand a chance with chicken <laughs> rendang is that good no uh, more so than the food itself what I really miss uh, from Malaysia is the community mm-hmm. for instance r- making rendang is just artist it takes six to eight hours and you, it's something that you just can't make for one person yeah. So the whole community will get together, like when you have a festivity in the village, like a wedding or something. So all the village folks will get together and cook. Mm-hmm. You'd get like a, a whole cow, for example. Yeah. They'll, they'll slaughter the whole cow. And to cook that, you need tons of onion and ginger. So everyone will be working together. Wow. You have to take turns to stir the pot. It's like the rowing boats. Like they use that kind of <laughs> stuff to stir. And <laughs> it is so amazing to see you know, the sweat and heat and people, the banter. That's something I really missed when I came in here. Like, back home. So every meal was special to me because it was always served. I, there's something that, I, I, I don't know, growing up, whenever I come back from school, dinner, whatever it was, so my grandmother was also with us, my mom's mom. So either my mom or my grandmother would always serve, always. We will sit together, 
So we'll have rice, we'll have the curry and dishes, and then my mom will get the plate and serve each one of us. She knows how much each of us would eat and who would eat what more, who would eat what less. My sister doesn't like vegetable, but she has to eat vegetable, so she has to feed her that. <laughs> so I really missed that when I came in here. So more so than the taste, the experience, and that that is something the that that's yeah, the yeah. community makes a huge difference as well. With the food and how it's served, and when you go to everyone people's house, when you go for festivities or anything, yeah. people serve you, and then they show the love through that, and that's always incredible. And people be like, they will force you to eat, have a second helping, <laughs> yeah. third helping, and yeah, yeah. that is how we express love in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so interesting. I do yeah. love that whole uh, cooking together. Yeah. But it's something that doesn't happen in other cultures. Oh, yeah, it does not um, much, but yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, come on, it happens in Chinese culture. Oh yeah, it no, does. but it happens. For example, in Spain, if you invited people mm. over and said that you had to cook, it'd be like, what? Like I remember <laughs> in China, you know, you get together Chinese New Year, Northern China, and you make jiaozi. If you did that in Spain, people would be like, or in Ireland, I've tried it with friends. Like, guys, let's get together and cook pasta. Like, get a machine out, and they're like. I do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, no, there's yeah. always somebody who says, I do but the dishes. But I do love that. And I think, you know, maybe the only communal thing in Spain would be paella, where people are kind of like, it's. I always say that it's the man gets all the recognition, but it's all the women like chopping and preparing and washing. But it, then the guy cooks it and everybody's like, yay! And my husband has stolen that. So everybody's <laughs> like, oh, Steve's paella is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, because I did all the shopping, prepping, and then the cleaning, but he just sits there for the picture. <laughs> but um, no, I do love that sense of community. I love to now I want to do a rendang mm. with you. And I heard, Sham, that you are going to have cooking classes. Yes, we just wait for plan information approved oh, to wow. have a cooking classes upstairs at my kitchen, which is the new business that I opened six, yeah. seven weeks ago. And I heard this is uh, you have a shop. And you have, you can eat. So yeah. it's like a cafe and you have uh, international ingredients. Tell us a little bit about what products you sell because we're obsessed with uh, food shopping. Tell us what products you're selling. So one of the products I sell is I use in the place. So, of course, I have a Baba's curry powder because we have they to have, have it in Asia market. They have it in my... Uh, <laughs> They run out of stuff last week, by the way. <laughs> Do you have some at home? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's from... I use a lot of ingredients from uh, galangal, garlic, ginger. That's that's a basic raw vegetables. Some some like the seaweed or some of the soy sauce, ketchup, mayonnaise, and mm -hmm. the noodles or bihun or koitia or everything. Everything is it's like I won't call it Asian market, but something that we use in the place. So the plan is basically if you come in to have a cup of coffee. And you can go on over there to grab something for lunch. So you can grab something like we have a sambal. We have our own homemade sambal, sesame dressing, soy dressing. And we have a, a satay sauce that we make there. So if you come in for lunch, you eat something and you want to go home for dinner, you can grab something there from the shelf. So you can have uh, ready meals or sambal or anything. And you can have the raw ingredient like the noodles, um, the uh, tamarind, soy sauce, everything. So everything that you want to get... It, you can get it there. And one thing I call it, the na name of the business, My Kitchen, is because that is what I, I, I grew up with. The, the, the flavor that you taste in the place. From coffee, we drink coffee a lot in Malaysia. We, you know, so that from oh, coffee shop. I know that. Okay. Malaysian culture is just coffee and every morning. Oh, yes. And everyone makes it differently as well. So we have mm. this thing called Kopi O. That's okay. our Americano, but it's extra strong. Yeah. Mm. All right. Oh, oh, we have this thing called Cham, which is coffee plus tea. Yeah. And with some condensed milk, it's yummy. I've Sorry, had, it's coffee. Hong Kong, there's because we have a coffee tea. We have yeah. coffee milk tea. Okay, but yeah. but yours is probably stronger. So. Oh, it's much stronger. Sorry, it has coffee and tea and yes. condensed milk. That's yeah. right, yes. What's the name? Chum. Chum. Yeah. We need a recipe. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. Coffee and tea and rich, sweet oh, yeah. sugar. Oh, yes. So we have this thing called kopitiam. Yeah. Uh, it's like a breakfast brunch spot, I would say. So Asian food. So we have our toasted bread, which is with butter. And we have this jam called kaya, kaya. which is made from coconut milk and eggs. It's like a coconut egg custard. It's custard. delicious. Wow. It is super yummy. And then you have wobbly eggs that you put on top of them. And then you dip them in the egg yolk uh, and then dip it in the coffee. And oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And the, so that's like, you know, your fourth favorite breakfast because you guys have already been like, yeah. oh, <laughs> 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 we've got noodles and 
Roti. <laughs> I, I really want to come to my kitchen. I, I've been missing. There's been a, since COVID, a lot of cooking schools have closed. And I do. Somebody was telling me the other day, oh, I don't think uh, I think cooking schools are going to kind of disappear. And I was like, what are you talking about? I think cooking schools, there's nothing like going to a cooking class. Absolutely. And doing it online, doing a video. I'm sorry, you it's I, I, I've taught a lot of cooking classes in my life in Spain and Chicago. And I just think and I've actually also ran for other like chefs and things like that. And I think there's nothing comparable to that. So I'm very excited, Sham, that you're doing this. Absolutely. For me, it's you learning like i said i said to the kids especially when they come into the kitchen okay when you learn once okay you've been shown once that's one knowledge and then when you write it down that's the second knowledge they can remember and the third time you actually taste them taste especially it. malaysian cooking right, we call it, the recipe is aga aga so guess guess you put a bit mm. sugar a bit salt, a bit aga, sugar aga. salt. yeah you know <laughs> just it, it is it's a famous uh, uh, Say from my grandmother, my aunt, my every aunties, you know, she's like, How, what, What's the recipe? Give me the recipe. Uh, just aga aga. <laughs> it <laughs> is because that. every for, for them, everybody's palate is different. Yeah. But when you actually there being shown how to cook, and listen, now I always say to them, Okay, now this is the final stage. This is the stage that I'm going to put one salt, one teaspoon of salt, and a little bit of sugar here. Taste it. That's my palate. Now you say, Oh, yeah. I, I put a little bit more salt. So there you go. That's the final stage that when the mm. cookery class like is crucial for people to understand that. For me, there's no right or wrong mm. when you do something, but you when you do right, take ownership of it, and that's it. That's my style. That's how Malaysian cooking starts. There's so many different types, different region flavor, you know? So I, I absolutely, Blanca. Yeah, I, mean, I think, yeah, cooking, there, there's nothing like tasting the food mm. to understand. I think you can watch, you can see a video, you can see all these pictures, but it's when you taste yeah. something that it you understand yeah. the, the the components. Yeah. Um, sorry, I wanted to take a little break to tell you about our podcast network and its membership. We're very proud to be part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest podcast network. And the great thing about it is that you can support us uh, by signing up in headstuffpodcast.com. So for five euro a month, you get early access to shows, hit merch and bonus materials. But more importantly, by being a member, you're helping support Irish podcasts and enabling this community of creative voices to continue. Hello, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kavanagh. And we have been friends for a very long time. And that is what we are offering you on our new podcast, Agony Rants. If you need a support group and want to tell us a secret. Or if you need someone to champion you or just cheer you up. Or maybe even some advice. On how to burn down a house or blow up your life or get revenge. So send your secrets, stories and problems to agonyrants at gmail.com. Agony Rants, coming soon to the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. It sounds a little suggestive, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, it was a little bit. It's very Cadbury's Caramel Bunny. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, guys, I know you have uh, described it beautifully in these dishes, but can you give us a list of sort of spices and ingredients that are fundamental to Malaysian cooking? Um, someone had uh, told me, my friend from Penang said, nutmeg. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not in all dishes, I would say, but yeah. So basics are basic ingredients will be onion, garlic, ginger. I think that's like the holy trinity for Malaysian mm. cooking. That is in, is in pretty much all the food I can think of. And then, and then yeah, spices: cinnamon, cardamom, cloves, star aniseed, nutmeg. What else is that? Mace, cloves. Oh, I'm just naming all the spices. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what about a saffron? Lot. Saffron is that, but it doesn't play a huge part. Okay. In our culture, no. Okay, so I mean, because I remember someone was uh, um, there was this fried chicken dish. Mm, oh yeah, so I am gumpa. Yes, with coconut cream yeah. and curry powder. Yeah, oh, yeah, it sounds so delicious. You marinate the chicken, so you get uh, huge chunks of chicken. So you marinate them in turmeric, chili powder, curry powder, and uh, juice of onion, garlic, and ginger. So you just mm. marinate it for like I don't know thirty minutes or until when you feel like it. <laughs> Yeah, my mom tends to do them overnight, and that does really soak up the flavor well. So you fry them, you deep fry them in yeah. a lot of oil, and you add in spices. I remember it was card, uh, coriander seeds, cinnamon, cloves, something else. There was one more thing I remember, but uh, coriander roots as well. So you oh, you blend, you coarse blend it, yeah. it mm. and you fry it together with the onion. 
It's amazing. So the coriander roots is yeah, it's yes. the freshness with the, uh, yeah. It and has, this, hmm. sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, and it's actually a really good side dish for nasi lemak. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it has to be whole chicken. Mm. Okay, not chicken breast. You know, mm-hmm. we just yeah, because yeah. the flavor, like the flavor that they have into basically the flavor infused into the chicken overnight mm. is the best because whole chicken can take a lot of marinade marination, and when you fry it off, it kind of really dark color skin, and then it cooked through. No, don't have to put in the oven. You deep fry them. Not not kind of, not deep fry. Shallow fry as well. Mm-hmm. It's enough good enough oil. Okay. Fry it up and the spice and just every mouthful mm. is burst with flavor. So, <laughs> what would be your ingredients um, that you for, for that that you can't live without or your favorite ingredients in Malaysian cooking? We use everything because of that. But like Big was saying, we use garlic, ginger, lemongrass, galangal, and chili. That's must have. Mm. So I will buy loads of them. I blitz them up mm-hmm. in the jar. That's my basic cooking. So if I want to use for Thai cooking, I use that. Two mm-hmm. tablespoons into a fry it off. I put a lime leaf. I put a lot of a desi coconut and uh, a bit of chili into it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same base that I use for Indian cooking. Mm-hmm. I fry it off the chicken or, mm-hmm. or beef or anything into it. And I use Baba's curry powder. I use a cinnamon stick, cardamom cloves and stanis. Oh, that's right, cinnamon stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I use a lot of rendang, any any soy chicken, anything. In there. And same with, with the Chinese cooking. If I do that, I use the same base. Mm-hmm. I, I use soy or I use a bit of tofu. I think the same again. But one thing that I always have, must have for me when I do a lot of this cooking is basically lime leaf. Mm. I like to have the lime leaf and the lime juice. It's just and is do you kafir? buy that? Is that yeah. kafir lime leaf? Kafir lime leaf, yeah. Okay, all right. And is it fresh or is it frozen? How Freshly do you frozen. You can get it in the Asian market. Yeah, you the know, frozen one, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and one tip for everybody. Once you take it out, you just take a couple of them, put it back in the freezer. Don't leave it in the fridge because it will start going brown. Okay. That's it. Okay. Just take yeah. it out a couple of them and, and finally slice them. Throw it at the end of the meal or during the cooking. And just at the end, final stage before you mix it, run down and just throw it in. The aroma for the lime leaf is just... And do you eat it or do you pick it out? Is oh, it like it. bay leaf? Okay, yeah, so you it. you do eat it, yeah, not like bay leaf. Fine, fine, yeah. julienne slice. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, and, and absolutely. What What about like tell us more ingredients like that we could buy in the in like Asia market or in any um, shop? What would you? This like, is one. What uh, would be my pantry of Malaysian down ingredients? Down pandan. I don't know what's that in English. A screw pine. Screw pine. Pandan is leaf. Yeah. It, it smells Which amazing. One? Down pandan. So uh, it would be the vanilla equivalent for Asia. So okay. we put it in our nasalama and many of our desserts. It's so green. it's green. It's green. Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 it smells yeah, yeah. heavenly. So is it pandan leaf? Yes. Yeah, pandan, pandan leaves. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I leave them around my house as well because it makes the house smell so good. And where do you get this? Ah uh, well, uh, here I get it from Asia Market. It's frozen, but fresh oh, ones frozen. would okay. be great. No, you can get a fresh one. Can you know? Yeah, you can go fresh. You can get ah. a fresh one, especially in uh, Asia Market in Balmang. Uh huh. Okay. I can get them once a week. You can get fresh one, and if you buy a fresh one, freeze them straight away, or you can just traditionally we just wrap them around, put in the rice. Yeah. You know. And is it like a long leaf? Long leaf. It's a long yeah. Leaf. Long leaf. Yeah. yeah. And we use for coconut rice. We use mm-hmm. for pandan cake. Yeah, you know, boil it with the custard everything. and everything. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It smells divine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, didn't we have that with uh, Nan from? Uh, yes, yeah. we did. But did she I make think, a tea? I think she did. No, no, no. She made a lemongrass tea. Um, yeah, the oh, pandan because yeah. so, you can get also like kind of cheap pandan extract. Yeah, yeah. extract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, which is bright green. Yeah. And um, and I've used that and mm. with weird effects. So it's good to know that yeah. you can get the fresh leaf. Yeah. Um, so okay, so while you guys are on the topic, uh, favorite Malaysian desserts, and can you also talk about some of your favorite fruits? Fruits. Oh, durian. I love durian so much. I miss it. So, so yeah. tell us about durian. <laughs> All right. So, so eating durian is a culture. It's an experience on its own. So it is an acquired taste. People are always afraid, and people. I, I hear all weird descriptions. Someone was telling me that it smells like garlic, but it doesn't. It, it it's like eating custard for me. Mm. It's, it smells like feet. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> But then no. I love like stinky cheese. Like I mean, yeah. so it's yeah, that it's same. an acquired exactly. Yeah, so so there's so much variety of durian, and and there's like Musang King, Musang King, yeah. D twenty four. I don't know, so much. Actually, yeah. can you physically describe a durian? So it, it's sharp and thorny and and hard, hard to 
break up on your own but it's an effort that you put in to 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 really experience it and yeah so it it comes in flushes with huge uh seed and you just eat the flesh it's very creamy and custardy and it does have a lingering aftertaste sweet for me i i I feel that it's very custardy in taste and yeah so uh, the chinese say durian is very heaty so what they do is that once they have eaten the durian they will put a little bit of salt in in, in these the compartment like the durian skin there's like a compartment for the the durians to sit in flesh so they'll put some water and salt and drink from it oh, and wow. they say that that counters the heatiness of eating the durian wow oh, that sounds, <laughs> yeah. sounds so, so ch- <laughs> nice remedies and stuff but yeah durian has to be savored and then you buy different flavors it is expensive Yeah. It's not a cheap mm. fruit. I didn't know that there are different flavors of durian. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. The Musang King is a, the the famous, the yeah. expensive one. I I tried to explain to my chef one day we brought in a couple of durian in the kitchen. She's like, um, smelly socks, one of them, and uh, 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 sweaty onion. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, and, and when they taste them, okay, this if you get a bad durian, they put you off. It, you're not allowed in the hotel. Durian not allowed on the plane. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's it's illegal to bring isn't drugs in durian. Like, yeah. like I was just going to say Singapore. In Singapore they basically you were only allowed to eat it in these like locked off yep. areas. And so, okay. They very yeah. fussy. I don't like yeah. Singapore. <laughs> I know. I know you guys, I, I know Malaysian Malaysian Singapore by by the way. <laughs> They're nice people. Like <laughs> Mal- Mal- Singapore used to be Malaysia. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, so, and and we we, we kicked them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, like durian. Durian is is really really nice if you get the right one. Yep. The, the, yeah. the thing about a lot of people paint cheap and they get there's no flavor at all. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be lush, creamy flavor. For me, I remember durian cooked in a Thai style, which is not really cooked. It's like a rice coconut pudding, mm-hmm. kind of a bit of salt in it, mm-hmm. and just a nice creamy yellow color durian meat mm-hmm. into it, and just that's it. You have salt and sweet. That's the Thai style of it, the durian. Can you buy it here? Can you buy good durian in Ireland? Can get it in Asian market. I see a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. but I was yeah. going to say good, good or not yeah. good. Right? Can yeah. get durian. Not yeah. Yeah. good is subjective because you have to really go and pick it. And these guys who sell it, they're experts. And mm. so, and it, it matches your flavor profile as well. Some people like the strongly scented one. Some people don't really like the strongly scented one. They want a milder one. So there's so mm. much choices there. Mm. I want to share a medical story. <laughs> so so when I was an intern so we got this lady who came in uh, she was pregnant her potassium is potassium is one of the salt and it was skyrocketing high you know, like what what happened it turns out that she ate like three whole durian on her own so durian is rich in potassium <laughs> and yeah uh, so don't eat too much durian I would say yeah. but she ate three whole durian on her own she was craving and she was pregnant her potassium skyrocketing high she was having palpitations Oh <laughs> it was like it's a medical emergency for us and we were all panicking <laughs> and you know that, that, that all happened because of her durian craving that's incredible funny she did well fine but yeah, yeah, yeah. don't eat that yeah. <laughs> don't and eat it, three in a row yeah if you, especially if, if you're pregnant if you have a temperature you're not allowed to eat durian either. oh yeah oh really yeah, yeah. yeah. they wow. say that durian is heaty so they have Cooling and heaty fruits in Asian culture. Yeah. Chinese believe that. Oh yeah, a lot. yeah. 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 So like, okay. May believes in that. I can't eat a lot of hot uh, fruits, so I can't eat tropical fruits. R- r- mangosteen, mangoes, rambutans. My throat will swell up. Oh, oh, really? So I can, I love these stuff, but I can't eat them. So They're delicious. Just, I know, mm. I know. Yeah. I love mangoes, and I just can't eat mangoes. My nose will clog. I just can't breathe, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, so <laughs> many true. Asians have that issue. Yeah. Mm. So what other fruits like I just when you go to Asia or like Latin America you see all these fruits and it's just overwhelming you know we're so kind of I fe- I feel that this variety like a lot of people don't really grasp how how popular fruit is in, in Oh yeah in tropical Asia. fruits yeah. uh tropical country so there's another one uh so we talk about the king now the queen mangosteen is mangosteen, the queen of yeah, fruits yeah. this is another delicious fruit so it comes in a hot purple shell mm-hmm. which you crack it open and mm-hmm. there are white fleshes inside yeah. it kind of looks like garlic the flesh does look That's like garlic yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. I never yeah. thought of that yeah, yeah but uh, it's not garlic it, it is super sweet, sweet and super delicious uh, and if you turn the fruit around there'll be like a marking at the back mm-hmm. and that would give you an estimate of how many fruit uh, fleshes inside so yeah. some are five yeah. or four so you can see from there some of them would have a uh, seed in the middle but most of them won't mm-hmm. it's sweet and it's delicious it's really hard to 
I don't know. I've never had any other fruit that tastes like mangosteen. It's yeah. unique on its yeah. own. Yeah. But also, it spoils very easily. Oh, yes. Yeah. It spoils and really also, easy. I heard that Queen Victoria had a craving for mangosteens. Is she now? In the 19th century. Um, but yeah, it spoils super easily. And so that's one of the reasons why it's so rare mm-hmm. to be able to get great mangosteen. So like in Malaysia, many people have their own farms and they yeah. tend to grow these there. So oh, we call okay. it uh, in Malay. It's called kebun ladang. So yeah. so you grow your own durian plant. You grow your own trees. So oh. when it's season, you'd go. You bring your friends there and enjoy the fruits. The best thing about it, every season, you know, is when the fruits in season. Mm-hmm. Every corners, every traffic light, every shopping mall, the people will have a stall there. That's yeah. it. You know, okay, that's in season and. We always know that best to eat is best when it's in season. So that's why durian season, mangosteen and lychee or longan or, you know, or guava or star fruit, everything will be out there and we spoil for choice. Some of the fruit is not even sweet, like star fruit is not even su- sweet, mm-hmm. but we mix it with the roja, mixes mm-hmm. like soy and it's like a naughty sauce. Oh, yeah, we have can, really? can, you describe, can you describe star fruit for yeah. our listeners who don't are unfamiliar it, with it's it? It's a shape. Uh, it's, it's like a rugby rugby ball shape, an oval shape and star. Sh- mm. You know, I, I remember it's, it's delivered down in Carrick with Shannon before in the, in the hotel star fruit. I look at the box imported from Malaysia. I was like, ah, yeah, this one I can go at the back of the house and pick it up from <laughs> the tree. Which is, it's, yeah, it's, it's star fruit. You know, it's like a star shape and Depends. It could be really sweet sometimes. Mostly, kind of like savory. It has a tart uh, yeah. flavor. I was just gonna say it's mm. quite sour. Mm. It is relatively yeah. Yeah. Mm. very light and refreshing yeah. fruit, though. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. after a heavy meal. I would love to have watermelons and yeah. star fruit to wash things down. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. That's that's that mainly that's the only savory. The rest of them is always sweet. You know, Asian yeah. cooking known for sweet and spicy. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love all those fruits. I love like I don't know, just anything uh, dragon fruit, like yeah. just and just the, how they look. They're just amazing, and I find it really interesting. I'm studying wine now, trying to learn, and when they say, "Oh, this has notes of lychee," and I'm thinking, most people in Europe don't really have that um, taste knowledge of all these tropical fruits, but yet it is used to yeah. describe a lot of wines, and it makes me kind of laugh. I'm like, mm, "How are you going to try that?" I don't know. Like you, you, you can't get the the scent of lychee from a can. You yeah. know, you need to go and get it. Um, you know I, when you say yeah. dragon breath, uh, another medical story? <laughs> <laughs> this one a little bit uh, icky, but fun. If you're Vic's patient, <laughs> don't over eat fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so this lady had constipation for a week. Nothing just came out. Her, her tummy was really distended. Someone told her to eat dragon fruit. Mm-hmm. So what happened was that that was a ball perforation. So Tammy actually burst inside. She was sick, but oh. she was not super sick. And, and we had to do surgery for emergency surgery in the middle of the night. We opened up and it was filled with tiny, 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 tiny seeds everywhere. Oh my God. Oh, it, dragon was fruit. Fruit. Oh no. it was She <laughs> ate dragon fruit. Someone told her that she should eat dragon fruit for the constipation. So oh. she ate dragon fruit. Oh my God. It was a nightmare. <laughs> It was giant fruit seeds everywhere. The last thing we want is to have a plant growing inside. Oh my god! It was a nightmare. Yeah, because it has so many seeds. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can't really yeah. bite it itself. It was just that. Yeah. Like every time I think of dragon fruit, that story comes to mind. <laughs> for, for our listeners, <laughs> dragon fruit is a creamy fruit littered with many, many seeds. Yeah, yeah. and it's pink on the outside. On yeah, the outside, yeah. It, it, it's a beautiful. It's, it's it is a delicious gorgeous. fruit, in all yeah. honesty. But you know, but yeah. because. <laughs> Eat with caution. (laughs) 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 Don't do three durian and a dragon fruit chaser. (laughs) And uh, meet Dr. Vikram. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but if you are low in potassium, you can always eat bananas. And they're really a good source for that. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to mention, um, I I recently met a new Malaysian friend. Her name is Chobita Ramadasan, and she's a former lawyer who's turned chocolate sommelier. And she's trained with chocolate professionals in France and is certified by the International Institute of Chocolate and Cacao Tasting. And she teaches these chocolate tasting workshops and is a proponent of, you know, chocolate being such a embrace such a powerful differentiator of cultures and recently she wrote about Malaysian cacao and Mm. chocolate Um, so I'm going to drop a clip here uh, and she's going to tell us a little bit about Malaysian cacao and chocolate 
Once upon a time, Malaysia was a major cacao producer, but it was short-lived. Today, Malaysia is back on the scene, but for something even better, specialty chocolate, also known as bean-to-bar chocolate. This new generation of Malaysian chocolate makers are talented, innovative, and bagging international awards. And thanks to them, we are now getting to taste Malaysia through chocolate. How often can we say that we've tasted fine chocolate with flavor notes of caramelized palm sugar or even fresh jackfruit? There's a reason Malaysian bean-to-bar chocolate is so uniquely delicious and should really be tried at least once by any chocolate lover. Um, that was really interesting. Uh, Shovita is definitely somebody you guys need to meet. And... Um, She's very interested in uh, communities that both grow cacao and make high-end chocolate because, you know, as as it turns out, it's always made in Europe or in America and the cacao is grown. So um, she has some interesting examples of high-end chocolates from Malaysia. So um, Lunar New Year is coming up. So I wanted to ask you guys, what holidays do you celebrate and what do you make? Well, in Malaysia, we celebrate everything. Everyone celebrates everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always a party. <laughs> any, it's always a party. Yes, any exactly. excuse. Any excuse yes. to go for food and yes. meet everybody. That's it is. We have this culture called open houses. Yeah. So when you're doing any part of uh, any festival celebrations, we open up our house for any guests. Everyone can walk in. So we have huge feasts. So bouquets, banquets lined up. Anyone can come and eat. So all, all, everyone is our friends. That's how it is in Malaysia. So that's a really unique and beautiful thing. Yeah. And we embrace all cultures. Though there are some, uh, you know, we do care about halal and stuff. There are some limitations there, but everyone is friends with everyone and we always accommodate and do things together. So my main celebration would be Diwali since I'm an Indian. Yeah. So we have Diwali and then we have the Harvest Festival called Pongo. That's in January. And yeah, um, what else? But yeah, back in Malaysia, we would do Lunar New Year as well. Chinese New Year, go to my friends' houses. And then Hari Raya, Ramadan, we go to our Malay friends' houses. So we do everything. And Christmas is also celebrated there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Sham? What do you celebrate? And what do you cook for these celebrations? Um, Chinese New Year, because Chinese Lunar Chinese mm-hmm. New Year will be end of uh, January next mm-hmm. year. So all of us after COVID, you know, we, mm-hmm. we get together. Everybody decided to get together and meet up and everything. And the coming up to it is the is is the height of it. you know everybody get the house clean and you mm. know to be praying and the night before the lion dance coming up to the house and you have the hong pao you know this is Chinese mm-hmm. emblem money there and every every house will everybody invite the lion dance coming in and bless the house and the firework make sure the all the firework red outside the house bring. Look, you know, Hong, uh, you know, yes. yourself, me, mm-hmm, you know, exactly. so yeah, and then the next day, basically, the feast, like you say, open house, everybody welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, we cook, and I already been giving a task to cook for at least 150 200 people because wow. everybody already, yeah, everybody been invited because my uh, my grand aunt and my mother is all very close, so they want oh, to have wow. this big, big feast, and so that's the another celebration, of course, is my name Shamzuri, is born Muslim. Mubarak is another thing as well. So our house usually is packed because they know that it'll be rendang, coconut rice, and kueh kacang. You know, in in Blaster book, cookies recipe is a mm. Malaysian kueh kacang. So that's that's as well recipe. And then it's it's celebration of food. That's why either mm. like Diwali or we Saturday. My mother's Thai, so we Saturday is a Buddhist day in oh, wow. the beginning of May. And my grandmother used to be cook in a my in a Buddhist temple. Mm. So and so we go for the traditional Thai food that she cooked for the Buddhist monk and all the family coming from oh. Thailand, all oh, okay. coming in by by bus from Thailand to cook. My grandfather used to be the Buddhist monk, so she knows she cooked for everybody. So from vegetarian dish and then wow. and the temple will open for anybody coming in. So we'll be helping out, just standing there, dishing out food, you know, all the Thai food and that's that's the beauty of the Malaysian multicultural you could be Indian or Chinese you go to every house you taste every food the best are the best yeah. on the day you know when I hear you talking Sham and now you said cookbook uh, I'm wondering when's your cookbook coming <laughs> like it will be this will be so um, interesting yeah no, I know I have to talk to Kirsten about it and talk to Dee and Dee said yeah Maybe something I say, yeah, Malaysia. You know, like I always ask a Malaysian ambassador before, can I use the word Malaysia truly Asia? Because then it's <laughs> you know, there's there's no copyright because 
we we enjoy every kind of yeah, flavor yeah. and food and and for me my book would be very interesting it's not like this is it and just you could have like our food can be in at three o'clock in the morning yeah. after after nightclub you go in here you go chip of fish and chips and kebabs over there you could have a noodle yeah. broth you could have roti chanai you could have yeah nasi lemak and, and yeah <laughs> it's just you're so blessed with having so much exposure mm. like you're already you know as a child in Malaysia you know more than so many adults in other countries because you've been exposed to so many different foods yeah I mean like, I'm I, so jealous I've been trained uh, Mediterranean cooking and I've been yeah. trained I've been trained how to make pasta I've been trained how to make the proper uh, uh, Italian food and at the same time I never take it for granted for years I was oh, this is what I want to do And when I came to Ireland, when the restaurant was open, and then the review that I keep on get from uh, uh, John and Sally McKenna and then Georgina Cameron, they always highlight of my Malaysian influence. And then, then I realized, you know, this is what people want, the authentic. Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of okay, let's bring out the best of yeah. the Malaysian cooking. And I, I, yeah. I am, I am spoiled with flavor that the yeah. that I've been brought up with. It's know? like both of you have this library that you can tap into. Yeah, but also so I think the other thing too is is that um the impression that I got with Malaysia is, is that it's a food culture that keeps developing. Yes. Oh yeah. And so yeah, so I mean a friend of mine from Penang was saying um just like this revival of the nyo, nyo, nyo. Nyo, 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 yeah. and the you know and I think that's para Peranakan. Peranakan. Uh, Peranakan and, and so, but you know, but there's these. It's always evolving. It's mm. not a stuck food culture. Does no. that make sense? Yeah. It's yeah. not like yeah. you're just constantly eating your grandparents' food. Absolutely, like Baba Nyonya, especially in Malacca, Malacca Strait. You mm-hmm. know, when when a uh, majority of the people in Malacca speak Portuguese. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, the Portuguese yeah. bring the spice through Malacca Strait and everything. So just interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thank you, guys. We we're running out of time, but. This has been such an exciting podcast. It would have been more exciting if we would have had food. So next oh, yeah. time, <laughs> yeah, next guys, time, yeah, you, a spice, a spice. You got, you got a bread, yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions or comments about this episode, feel free to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Spice Bags Pod, or email us at hello at spicebags.ie. And for more information, interviews, recipes, or shopping lists, check out our website, spicebags.ie. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me.